0: Welcome to the Pest Posse Stampede Podcast. Your hosts are Cully Christensen, the visionary and creator, and Foster Brusca, the head wrangler who keeps Cully in check, and the Pest Posse rolling on track. The Pest Posse is your trusted resource for training and information that the pest management professional needs to grow their skills and knowledge in the professional pest control industry. Welcome to the Pest Posse Stampede Podcast. I'm a visionary and creator here at the Pest Posse. And who are you? Who, you talking to me down here? Oh, yeah. Hey,
1: I'm Foster. Visionary. I mean, visionary. I am the visionary creator here. <laughs> I just took your title, Cully. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I
0: got kicked out again.
1: You did. Oh, man. I'm worthless. <laughs> oh, you know you're not worthless. Without you this thing wouldn't have taken off and anyway. So yeah, I'm I'm Foster, I'm the head wrangler. I'm trying to keep everything together and I'm getting senile as the days go on, but that's all right. You know, one day you'll find me underneath the desk rocking back and forth, wondering what I'm doing. But hey, other than that, it's all good. <laughs>
0: so how are you doing up there in uh silicon valley? Uh, we're silicon and
1: right along. We're good. We got guess what? We got movie theaters open
0: wow
1: that's amazing for up there and I you know what we
0: have, we have theaters here open yet
1: yeah well but guess what there's no concessions allowed that doesn't make any sense <laughs> i know we went to the movies over the weekend and it
0: was like this we felt we felt like we shouldn't have been there i before. can get food at a restaurant but i can't get popcorn <laughs> at a movie theater really well it, what's kind of silly
1: is that the next county over, San Mateo County, the movie theaters have been open for a couple of months, and there's concessions there.
0: So, They it, probably had fewer cases of COVID per capita. Or who something.
1: knows? But we got movie theaters back, so we're we're all
0: excited about that. So that's good. We got Salty some indoor dining. I've got a whopping 150,000 people in the entire county, and I don't have theaters open yet. And no, you've I'm got not like not. 3 million. Yeah, not not yet, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes well, I don't understand the, the I know the stuff. They, yeah, the county-to-county county stuff, it just doesn't make any sense, but oh. well, that's all right because I just had to sit on my back patio and enjoy the view, Yeah, and we have had absolutely the most spectacular sunsets the last few days. Did oh. I send you any? No, you have not sent me any. I'm going to need to take I'll a look at I'll send that. you some pictures. It has been off the chart yeah and then on halloween we actually our neighbors across the street brought a friend in from fresno who's a musician and we had a live concert for halloween nice how cool is that that's awesome well yeah
1: for you that don't know about it cully is down in pismo beach he's up on the hill there at pismo beach and he's got his back patio there overlooks the beach and the, the sunset the view there is just amazing. And we, we probably need to post some of that stuff up on our social to really show everybody Pismo Dice there that Cully's living in. So uh, yeah, I love it when we, uh, I have to go down there to do the filming. Some in-field in stuff. It's really pretty cool. So that's some some neat stuff there.
0: Yeah. Excellent. So today we have an amazing guest. Yes, we do. He is a leadership expert and he
1: who's he work with so this is uh mark davidson and he works for pest tech pest solutions he's the ceo there and uh he has got you know he's he's studied leadership um he's actually gone to school for that and learning about it and he is going to bring some great insights to us about leadership company culture uh this was our live youtube episode that we had we had a lot of good questions that came up from that which was awesome so that's why we're bringing it out here to you guys for the podcast cuz
0: it's some really good information for for really for everyone. So, um, one of the things I really liked about Mark was that he comes at it from the academics a lot from the academic. Now, with that said, he's got plenty of application where he's at as CEO he does, uh, definitely. of his of that company and um, whereas I come at it from more of an um, almost more of an emotional aspect. Mm, yeah. Uh, and so uh it kind of makes a good play um on each other and um but yeah he really has some great great stuff to to share in this and uh, we really encourage people to listen to the end
1: yeah it's some good stuff so without any further ado like i say let's uh let's flip over to that discussion with mark Oh, wait, can't hear you. Mic's off. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. There we go. Now we have to oh, you. There
2: God. we go. The I'm, break. Break. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing great, Mark. How are you doing this I'm morning? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Good. Uh, a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be part of your show.
1: Oh, well, welcome. Yeah, well, thank.
0: Well, we appreciate you being on our show. Yeah, this is Super excited. excited. Like I said earlier, this is one of my favorite topics. Yeah so i think we're in reality actually i believe this right here is the topic that sets a company aside from other companies exactly you can lock this one down you will master um the industry yes yes I totally agree with that. So. I think
2: that's true. If you're looking at leadership just from a general point of view, it's a great thing to study. But if you're worried about it uh, as, as uh, some kind of medium to help you be successful, if you have an organization you can master one or many styles of leadership, it's going to help you in giving you direction on how to be a better leader. And I promise you, people will appreciate that.
0: Oh, yeah, it's definitely, absolutely. yes, definitely. Absolutely. So, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone uh, watching today. Let's know, you know, where you work, what you do,
2: what your topic was at Pest World. Sure, sure. Uh, so my name is Mark Davidson. I'm with Pest Tech Pest Solutions. We service upstate New York and little pieces of uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania in there for good measure. Um, I, uh, I spoke at Pest World about leadership. I actually gave a case study about leadership failure uh, because I come from the school of thought of it's great that somebody can stand up there and lecture you and tell you what to do x y and z to be successful but at the end of the day we as human beings are programmed to learn uh from failure if somebody tells you something's hot you're gonna touch it aren't you and then you're gonna learn a lesson hey i probably shouldn't touch that thing it's hot yeah that's that's what we all do so we talked about a severe leadership failure and uh where it uh it got the people who managed to live through the experience and uh talk about what should have been done and then i think hopefully if uh, the PMPs who attended that could take that back with them, they'd be able to implement one or more of those principles in their uh, own organization and become more successful.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's really important because you can only learn so much from your own leadership failures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but if you can learn from other people's leadership failures, as well as their experience, now you can exponentially learn about leadership
2: right Yep,
1: exactly yeah and that's what i thought was so fascinating mark when you and i were talking as far as what your talk was about with uh with Best world and stuff that's why i thought it was great to bring you on here to this live episode to to really talk about you know leadership and stuff because i thought that was a great way to To kind of bring up that you know the topic is basically you know your whole talk was about you know the leadership failure how that all broke down and everything and i i thought that was interesting i actually went through and kind of read the story about that uh that experience there and i I thought that was pretty amazing so you know um it's too bad unfortunately i didn't get to see your talk at World we were busy doing other stuff and with the platform Was available after password i was going to go in and watch your talk but i just didn't and now the platform's not available so
2: (laughs) yeah i I understand i didn't watch it either if it makes you feel any better i am my own worst critic (laughs) so i try not to watch those recordings just like i probably won't watch this interview either Uh, i'll promote it and i'll tell everybody how great it was but I'm just going to sit there taking notes about what I should have done. And then yeah. in the next interview, I'm just going to go, what should I do now? What should I do now? How <laughs> yeah.
1: should you make it yeah. better? Oh, uh, shoot. So re- so really, Mark, you know, what, what is the theory of leadership?
2: I, I, you know. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's like asking a physicist if they can give you the unified theory of the universe. I don't know <laughs> if I can do that um what i can say is so academically speaking and i did a lot of this academically um, is there's 65 um, leadership styles that are recognized right now and each of them breaks down into different components of various length Um, but what it all comes down to at the end of the day it's uh, one person uh, or a group of people who are trying to get another group of people, uh, sometimes known as followers, although uh, many textbooks are now changing that because it's not as, as politically correct as it was maybe in the 80s and 90s. Uh, but trying to get those followers to accomplish a task. And so leadership can be uh, just a member of a team. Uh, it could be running a show like this where you guys are the leader for me and I'm following along and I'm accomplishing the task that you guys are setting out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it could be running an entire organization. Um, and that doesn't have to be for profit. That could be nonprofit. Topic. this applies to everything uh, but uh, the textbook definition is going to tell you that uh, leadership is having somebody who uh, runs a series of processes that their followers will uh, follow and find success in whatever it is that the leader wants to accomplish
1: yeah I think that's a really good I think that's a really good way to break that down for people I appreciate you doing that so yeah.
2: I've always
0: heard of leadership being uh, referred to as influence mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, um, there's, there's, uh, on that topic, there's, uh, there's, depending on who you want to go with, there's as many as 18 different types of power and influences on every list that I've ever seen. Um, if you go by, uh, Peter Nordhaus, who's written numerous textbooks on the subject of leadership theory and study, um, he says that there are six, but influence is on that top six. And, um, some people see leadership and influence and they assume oh well if you're a leader you're influential that's not really how it works you have to work up to that you have to build credibility no one's going to follow you just for the sake of following you just because you have a great hair or, or they like the color of your shirt it doesn't really work that way
0: yeah no Absolutely. it doesn't really. well it's like the difference between management and leadership right correct you can manage an organization but there's a whole different ball game to leading an organization absolutely
2: absolutely Uh, there's if if you were to go to formal studies there's leadership studying and then there's organizational management studying and they're they're two completely different schools with completely different curriculums and different degrees that you end up with if you were to uh, pursue it formally Um, they they very rarely overlap Um, and then each one of them has several um sub um, sub parts that you could also study formally that uh, may take you in one direction or the other, but again, they don't really overlap that much. So mm-hmm. management is not the same as leadership.
0: Right, yeah. So explain to us what servant leadership is. We've oh, talked boy. about different styles.
2: You You guys are just going right for the hop on issue, right? So- <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we don't, we,
1: don't, we don't mess around. We go we go. that. Need I I need that. I'm Let's sweating now. Um,
2: so servant leadership is very popular right now. Um, it's, uh, Robert Greenleaf, I believe his last name is in 1970 something, maybe 1970 for an essay about servant leadership and said, uh, that servant leadership is basically about being a servant to the people who are within your organization. Um, and and that should help them develop into their own uh, leadership style, which should eventually become servant leaders over time. Um, and you're basically leading by making sure that everybody always has the resources they need and understands their goals, um, and can uh, accomplish them on their own. Uh, but by being in long term, they can accomplish them by being a servant leader to others um so that's the basic gist of servant leadership without going too deep into the nitty-gritty of it um but it is gaining a lot of traction over the last i'd say five years i've suddenly gone from hearing it as a a thing like oh yeah servant leadership is is very interesting let's study this let's study the origins of it uh all the way up to there's people who are preaching it as uh the end-all be-all of leadership styles uh, which whether you agree with or not, um, it, it's certainly out there and it's getting a lot of air time. Um, but I would do wanna point out that uh, Greenleaf didn't actually design servant leadership. He just okay. formalized it in an essay that people un- could understand and could apply to businesses. It actually came from a story in the 1200s the 13th century i forget the name of the author i'm sorry i I should come prepared with that Uh, but he uh wrote a story about a knight and his squire and they were on a quest which now is kind of a a fantasy story trope but back then it was actually just a normal story for them and uh as they went along their quest they picked up other members of their entourage and uh, the squire started helping all of them to accomplish their goals and as each one of them became disenchanted with whatever it was that they were trying to accomplish throughout the story, uh, the squire would actually go in and give them a pep talk and make them feel good about it. And they didn't want to disappoint that squire. So now the squire was actually the leader of the group, even though formally was recognized as the knight. The squire was the servant leader. He made sure that everybody had what they needed, that they were motivated, and that they were able to uh, accomplish their goals. And Really, that Squire, he's the one who formally recognized everybody's goals for them uh, as as one cohesive thing that they could accomplish together as a group and help them toward that. That's interesting.
0: I just wrote, or I just read, didn't write. i would not not about to write a book. Um, (laughs) Really, Kelly? No. Yeah, no, the focus is not there. Uh, (laughs) I just read a great book called The Dream Manager. Okay. And that was basically the concept Mm -hmm. is – they were, you know, again, the book was not a real story, but, you know, the guy's actually a consultant and he's worked this program out in numerous companies mm-hmm. um, and uh, seen results on it. But basically the concept was, is they had a um, a cleaning company. And of course the people who were doing the cleaning, it's a very entry-level position, not really a lot of room for growth. People, you know, got disgruntled. The owner was like, you know, turnovers off the chart, let's just pay these people more, maybe they'll stay. And the actual manager was like, Ah, I don't think that's gonna do the job. Mm -hmm. I think there's more here that we need to do. And they eventually came up with this idea of hiring a dream manager. Uh, And that guy's position was to help people pinpoint their dream, their personal dream, and then help them accomplish that by setting goals, financial goals, different things. Um, And the the neat thing was, the company wasn't there to buy it for them. Like Mm -hmm. one lady wanted to own a house, she'd always wanted to own a house. Well, they didn't go buy her house. Mm -hmm. You know, he helped her set the financial goals and then also connected her with the right real estate agent, the right um, um, loan, you know, guy who could get her a loan that would work for her financial situation. And, um, you know, she had a house in the story in less than a year. Mm-hmm. And um, and of course, that's then steamrolled throughout the company, you know. But it was, it spoke to me because I think that's one of the big things in pest control that happens. Because a lot of times you're out there, you're doing the maintenance. It can get really boring when all you're doing is spraying a house, spraying a house, spraying a house, spraying a house, spraying a house. Spraying a house yeah. you know? um, and uh, so it's, I think there's an aspect where that can be really, um, you know, it can be kind of a, just a mental shift to start looking at your employees as more than just a number. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's more you can do for them without taking on a huge expense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that was my kind of recent experience in some ways of servant leadership. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good, good example. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good
1: book as well, too. So yeah. I assigned that to me to read, and I have not done that
0: yet. Here's a good comment just came up. This is from Gio Bruschka. Is this your relative, Foster? Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Gio. That's, that's uh, yeah. Hey, Gio, how's
1: it going? <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while. That's that's my son who's uh, who's down in Mexico. He's, ah, actually, he's yeah. actually a sales manager down there in uh, in Mexico uh, at a timeshare resort. So I think that's pretty cool. He came on the live episode. So. <laughs> hey great. there, Gio. I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't talked to you in a while. It looks like he's got something here saying, goal setting and helping your employees with their why is huge integral part of keeping a, mo- a motivated and effective efficient team. And I would agree with that.
0: Definitely. So, yeah, definitely. and he would know that with timeshare sales. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm a huge timeshare advocate. <laughs> personally. I love mine. <laughs>
1: yes, you do. And we have used it a lot.
0: Yes, we have. <laughs> oh, shoot. all right. So why don't we, uh,
1: yeah. So kind of to move on, you know, there's, there's another, you know, type of, uh, leadership style we want to talk about, which was okay. the, um, you know, this one here, the steward leadership. You know, can you explain this to us, Mark? What's what is this about? What's kind of the difference between what we just talked about?
2: So, steward leadership. First off, is different from stewardship. That's a completely different um, avenue. And stewardship is not actually one of the sixty-five recognized um, leadership avenues that you can take. Steward leadership is kind of a more formalized version of it. So stewardship is really about making sure that people have the resources they need to do whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. Um, Steward leadership uh, arose over time um, from people's behaviors and leadership roles. Uh, So we don't know exactly when it started, uh, but it was formalized by a group, uh, I believe we were doing a study of CEOs uh, around the world, but they were based in London. Um, And what they discovered was that as leaders, aged into their roles meaning that they got their roles and they they stayed there for a long time uh, and they picked up many years of wisdom and so on from within the organization they would start to eschew their own values of things like money and titles and so on and start to adopt the organization's goals uh and and values and make them their own and they would start to live that uh, in front of the people that they led. And so there's an element of stewardship to it. All of that is a part of steward leadership, uh, but. Uh, the main thing is that the leader is living the uh, the the goals and the values of the organization and leading the organization according to those. So as opposed to somebody saying, hey, our values are X, Y and Z, and we try to to live by these and and you should adhere to them and so on. These are people who are actually doing that and not just saying it. And they're leading by example in relation to that. And company culture is such a huge topic over the last, say, nine 10 years oh yeah and, and having steward uh leadership becoming more and more popular uh as a result uh, as a formalized leadership theory uh really just followed suit it seemed like the natural progression uh with uh, everybody becoming more and more aware of what their company culture was and setting value statements uh, and so on and so forth and being um emotionally aware and things of that nature yeah, and actually, uh, steward leadership would fit pretty well into what Gio was talking about with relating, uh, the company to the, uh, the employee's personal goals, So say it's owning a house, for example, like we brought up. Um, so the steward leader would sit that employee down, uh, hypothetically would sit that employee down and explain to them, Hey, this is how you can accomplish your goal with us by doing it according to the values that we have as an organization and, uh, by you living these values. And so the steward is kind of, uh, well, they're being a steward, uh, but they're they're uh, ushering in a continuous age of uh, staying relevant within the organization based on what the organization's uh, relation is to the people that are there, the stakeholders, uh, the environment that they're in, and uh, just staying up to date on what the company's values are, even as they evolve over time.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's, um, that's super important i think the two well we were gonna the next question was you know which one's better i don't think either of these are better i think they're these two can get meshed really well together Mm -hmm. um i see these two as being almost an integral part of a good leadership program they're different i think the steward part is your core you know Those values are important. You know, at the Pest Posse Service Company, I'm all about peace of mind. My slogan is bringing you peace of mind nature's way, but it's the peace of mind that's my goal. I walk into these customers' house, like Foster and I just did a bed bug job for um, a retired couple. Their son has multiple sclerosis. They had a big company in there who botched the job. We came in, we found we found the main area where the bed bugs were. We were able to do a full thorough, you know, good treatment, um, answer questions that they didn't get answered before. And in fact, that were give, answered incorrectly previously. But the fact that by the time we were done, you could see the peace in their demeanor. You know, they were now calm. They felt secure. This problem is going to be solved. You know, um, That is what I'm all about. And that is what, you know, as I get to the point where I'm hiring employees, that's what my employees are going to, you know, they're going to have to be, it's not a, you know, and then it's part of, it's not a, um, it's just a matter of, do they relate to that? You know, Um, people always ask us, well, You know, are you intimidated by all these other pest control podcasts and stuff? I'm like, no. Yeah. We're not not about them being better than us or us being better than them. It tends to be more of a personality thing. This is who we are. The people who relate with us are going to watch our show. The people who don't, they can go watch the other guys. That's all right. You know, those guys have their place. They're not out there spouting stuff that is bad, it's just different. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the same thing I see with the with the steward side. You're gonna pick your values, um, and it, but it's super important. Just like you were saying, Mark, you got to lock into those values and live those values. Those values are true for me. This is how I live my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always about wanting to bring value and peace to people if I can. I'm not perfect at it, but when people come to join my team. That's the first thing I'm looking at. People ask me, oh, I want to work with you. My first concern is, well, are your values going to match up with mine? Are you going to be able to fit into this culture? I can teach you everything else, but can you fit the culture? Culture, oh, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: that That's a big deal. And a lot of companies now I think are finally getting uh, a handle on that, and they're making value statements, and they're sharing them outwardly. Uh, if you go on Indeed and look at a lot of the job postings for some of the big companies, you see that they've listed their values and examples of what they do mm-hmm. to build those values out there uh, as a way of being upfront and honest with the people who are applying for jobs. So you already know what it is before you're getting into it, and that and they're trying to do exactly what Kelly's saying. They're trying to say <clears throat> these are our values. Can you live by them? Can you be a part of our organization if we wants to adhere to it? Yeah, yeah
0: i think exactly. it's hugely important so yeah. geo's got a question for all of us you see yeah i thought this was i thought this was a good one here this is a workforce as much outside of the workplace as inside the workplace um especially to limit turnaround in staff uh healthy business culture thriving ha- happy employees so previously geo um I was limited because I worked within another company and I had to work within their culture. Um, I always had questions on this, uh, but I was also a very young leader. So, um, and didn't have as much, um, experience as, uh, I do now. Um, the way I am going to formulate my company, my plan is to do exactly what I'm saying now. Um, I'm going to stick with the, um, I'm going to stick with the, the peace of mind thing, but that's gotta be, again, like we're talking about, that's gotta be for everybody. That's not just for the, that's not just for the customer. That's also for my staff. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail here on how I plan on accomplishing that, but that is then going to move on to, I am going to have a dream manager. Um, I've already, um, you know, my wife talked about, you know, retiring and looking at, you know, doing something else. And I told her, well, you know, she's never really wanted to be a part of the company, but she might be wanting to be my dream manager and help those employees set the goals, help them with accountability on those goals, you know, um, and move forward in those things. Yep. And um, so that's kind of how we, you know, again, we're small. There's just me right now. So it's it's all talk, <laughs> 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 you know, is to have that implemented to help people because I really believe um, people need to see more than running route every day. Yeah. Um, some of us thrive on that. I love being out there solving problems. But you know, not everybody, and not everybody Foster and I've worked with feels that way, you know, yeah, exactly. kind of you don't. to some people. Yeah. So that's my answer. <laughs> Foster, away. Well,
1: no, I was gonna let Mark kind of take on that one there. So, you know what what's your what's your thought on
2: this, Mark? So I, I feel that work life balance is extremely important. Maybe I'm of that specific age group that tried to pioneer that into the into the idea of business uh, but the uh, work life balance is what we're essentially talking about here is is are we gonna give the employee enough time away from the office to also be able to uh, work on themselves. Yep. Um, but there's also a little tidbit here where you could kill two birds with one stone and add perceived value to your employees by giving them soft skills training or things like that. Things that are going to help them to be uh, uh help them better themselves in their own eyes but also help them be better members of your team uh and be more productive so it's win-win all the way around and it's worth the investment on the part of the company uh, exactly. for you to do that now i think there's a line if if uh foster wants to buy a house and i'm his boss he's not gonna come to me and say hey buy me a house i'm just gonna buy him a house we're not gonna go that far yeah, um, yeah. but uh but if, if we can relate uh, him buying a house to what we're doing and we can find some kind of training or, or coaching, then by all means, absolutely. If he came to me and said, oh, I'm thinking about buying a house for the first time and I don't know really know where to go and we're just having a conversation, I'm going to say, well, you know what? I think so-and-so over in the office next door just bought a house. Why don't we call him in and let's have a conversation or let's have lunch together and talk about it? Doing little things like that really costs you nothing. Um, right. A few minutes of your time but it invests a great deal into the employee and they feel like they are, um, a beloved member of the team. Yeah. It's important because they are a stakeholder in your organization. You want them to be happy. You want them to have a positive outlook. Um, and it, it's totally worth it. Plus you as a leader is going to make you feel good about yourself. You helped somebody accomplish something great. Some big milestone in their life.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. definitely. I, um, I'm a firm believer in that. Yep. I think, um, I don't think, yeah, you're not, again, you're not going to give them a down payment. You're not going to buy them the house. Mm -hmm. That's just dysfunctional, you know, and you're not really helping them either. Because part of the accomplishment of buying the home is that you saved the money. You were able to come up with the down payment. Mm -hmm. You, you know, did all those things. Absolutely. But to have somebody walk you through that, it's just like anything, um, you want to, have? It, I think it's a huge benefit to have some kind of coach mentor, you know, to help walk you through ideas, you know, and uh, know that you're on the right track. Exactly. Um, when we sold our house in San Jose area. We found the right real estate agent and she walked us through the steps. I mean, she was almost, she sold the house, but she was also more of a, almost like a coach in the process, you know? Um, and she got us top dollar for that house. We did, we did very well. We have no complaints. She made the process super easy, even though it was still difficult. Um, and uh, I mean, I just think that that's hugely important. But knowing and having that accomplishment—one buying it, two selling it for a pro, profit—you um, know, you feel good about that. You accomplish something. Yep.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah, I like how you brought up the coach. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, Um, yeah, definitely. I I actually had a similar experience. My original realtor for my home, um, hopefully, that person's not watching, but (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. And they did not, um, they didn't really have the drive to help me be successful in this endeavor. And Mm -hmm. we looked at a few houses and communicated a little bit and said, you know, we're not meshing. Um, And then we found our second realtor shortly thereafter. And he wanted to be a coach and a mentor for us through this process. He did not mind taking a a phone call on a Tuesday at five o'clock and just saying, here's what you're going to have to do. You have to talk to these people or this is what a home inspection looks like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I didn't know any of that stuff back then, but he helped me through it. And to this day, we're actually still friends. And uh, he and I have actually helped advise on each other's businesses or charitable efforts that we're both working on um, right. through through communication. And it, it ended up being a great uh, networking opportunity, if nothing else, that's mm-hmm. actually affected other people in my life now. Right. So the, the coaching method is extremely important and it builds a long lasting relationship with somebody. Um, you'll see in formal leadership study, there is one leadership style called coaching, uh, but coaching as a step. Uh, or as a substep, step uh, is present in almost every single one of the formally recognized leadership styles that there are, because it, it's important right. to do. And there's really no other way that you can say it. It's okay. you're coaching somebody towards success. They're mm-hmm. going to be thankful toward you. You've built a relationship with that person. You're going to continue working with them. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: no,
0: definitely. I totally agree with that. hundred percent. So rat finder says, can you fit the culture? That is the key. I rat finder. I don't understand what you're saying. I, I think you mean you by think can you fit the, the culture? culture does that make sense to anybody else
1: yeah can you can you fit the culture that is the key I, um i think yeah i'm not quite cool. sure what he what he's saying about that um yeah
0: i don't know um did you have an idea mark
2: i, I think that came through earlier when we yeah. were talking about uh posting values and trying to mm-hmm. attract the right people to be to, to be part of the uh the culture right. in your company um, so, yeah, fitting the culture is something that if you're doing an interview, that's something you should be looking for. And that's not really a question that you can just ask. Um, yeah. It's something you're going to get out of the conversation you're having. And I really yeah. encourage, I'm going to go on a tangent, but it, I think it's worth it. Um, and I'm biased, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I really think that when you do an interview, it should be a conversation and don't yep. cover somebody with questions. Um, have a conversation and get to know them a little bit. Exactly. Um, of course, every state has their protected classes and information you're not allowed to ask and so on. And you should always gloss over that if that ever comes up, because you want to uh, make sure that you're staying objective. Yep. Uh, but when you're having an interview, it's not uh, a list of questions on a piece of paper and you're checking boxes and saying, OK, this person can do it. That's a very old 70s style way of doing things. Mm -hmm. This is 2020, which has not been a great year, but it is a good year for pointing out that we're more advanced than that. Yeah, and having a conversation with someone, getting to know them—that's how you're going to figure out if they're going to fit your culture. And we have we have our, our values on a little—it's um, like a little little card that actually fan folds out and has all 15 of our family values on it. And we give that out during the interview. And if we do uh, interviews over Zoom or go meeting or whatever, we have a, a JPEG of that that we put up on the screen, and we talk about it a little bit and try to judge the reaction of the person on the other end. Is is this the right fit for you? Are you going to be able to uh, sign in bold ink and say, yes, I take responsibility for everything I do, and I give a damn about the quality of my work? Um, We want to go over those. And I'm seeing by talking to a lot of other people uh, in management positions and leadership positions uh, within our industry, that's becoming the norm. Uh, because we're putting so much emphasis on culture. That's not just pest control. That's uh, business as a whole within our country. Yeah. But I'm seeing it a lot with, uh, with PMPs, and that's what they're doing. And I, I think it's fantastic. We really should be doing it that way. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: No, I agree. I totally agree with that. When you're doing that interview, having a more of a natural conversation, I think you get a lot more out of it. Um, right. Like you said, you really can, can, can get to know the person and really find out if they are going to fit into your company and not just getting that warm body. And unfortunately, I've been in those circumstances before where you yeah. just kind of need the body because you're busy and overwhelmed. But I think it's it, it kind of it, it backfires on you n- inevitably. And I think just having that that natural conversation to really learn who that person is, I think is is a lot better. You know?
2: Yeah, I think that that's that's exactly the perfect thing to say. It's you don't just want a warm body. Don't settle yep. for I have a route. It's worth X amount of dollars. I got to get it done. Yep. You exactly. know what? If you settle. The person who's doing that route is probably not the right person and you're going to lose money in callbacks or lost production uh or or even lost customers because maybe their customer service skills aren't up to par um it's it's not enough just to say they're willing and able let's do it you have to make sure that they're really going to be able to uphold the values of the company and and represent you proudly and with respect uh to the customer um, if they're not putting their best foot forward for you uh, in all aspects, quality of service, customer service, and so on and so forth, um, you're, you're going to be disappointed later on. Yep. And, uh, yeah. No, it, it really will cost you money at the end of the day if you look at it at the end of the year. I, I promise. Um, if anybody wants to get on right now and, and tell me that that didn't happen, I'll look in the comments right now. Anybody? You got three seconds. <laughs> anybody.
1: You know? Anybody. Yeah. So
2: I'm obviously right here. So we're, let's just go with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, we're getting we're getting quite a few questions here. Um, Chaz, uh, Chaz just came up with one here, and it says, you know, how do you guys identify individuals with leadership potential? What stands out when you're dealing with a company that's thirty or so employees?
0: I think that's kind that's of a, a, great that's a great question, Foster. What's that? You want to take that one i've been take i've been the first to answer most of these
1: <laughs> well it's because you're passionate about it i have absolutely no problem with that I'm, I'm just over here manning the board making sure everything's going right it doesn't bother me at all um mark what you know what's your thought on that you know you're our guest here so you know what
2: what's your thoughts on that well there's i i think they're twofold one uh, keep in mind that every organization is different and yep how people can advance within your organization is unique to you. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of us in this industry use the same job titles with similar job descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a technical manager at my company is probably very similar to a technical manager at somebody else's company. Uh, but at the same time, how people get evaluated and uh, told yes, I can or can't move up to the next position. Um, that's that's something you get to decide on. Yep. Um, just because we all need technical managers, or, or well, let's go even if, even more generic. Just because we need uh, a collections manager and accounts receivable, and we all need that at a certain point. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that uh, we all have a cookie cutter way of advancing that person to that position. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you're going to be looking for certain qualities the person has. One, uh, I'm going to harp back on company culture again. Uh, are they uh, um, exemplary when it comes to company culture. Uh, are they active within the um, within the organization uh, as far as its community, its internal community goes? Uh, do they represent the company in a way that is positive outwardly to people? Do they get a lot of positive reviews from customers? Uh, are they a go-getter? Do they want a continuing education? Uh, do they ask for things? Do they bring up positive, constructive crit- criticism or good ideas to the table? Yep. Um, and then inevitably, every technician is going to work with another technician at some point, talk to those people, solicit their feedback about one another. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be targeted, but then keep that in mind, maybe keep jot that down keep an informal log of those things. And you're going to know who your leaders are. And it's not just based on, Oh, I gave uh, Bob a project and Bob did pretty well with it. So let's promote him because mm-hmm. uh, there's many, 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 different people in this uh, profession who will tell you that if you promote somebody just because they can, you're probably promoting them to the level of incompetence and then you're going to lose them at the end of the day. Exactly. <laughs> so oh, instead you identify them based on a number of different factors and a lot of them are going to be unique to you uh, yeah. and how you run your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, uh, there's a couple of companies Sprague comes to mind uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they, um, you, you want to have uh, something formal once you get to a certain size, uh, that shows people what the path might look like. It doesn't have to be set in stone with uh, specific milestones that have to be set, but it should give an idea of what it takes to go from one level to the next. Um, and then the people who work toward that are probably the people who are motivated enough to become leaders. Yeah. Um, I actually had a conversation just this morning. I'll bring in some Something anecdotal um, with uh, somebody from another organization halfway across the country and we were talking about how did i get my operations manager who i have currently up uh, to the position that he's in and he started out as a technician he was a technician for seven or eight years and uh one day a he comes into the office without any provocation and says i want to be a manager i want this position he named the title that he wanted uh, i said okay so let's See what happens when that position opens up. I will absolutely keep you in mind and we'll interview. And you know what he did in between? He went ahead and got educated on how to be a good leader. And he got educated on the aspects of operational management he would need to know for that job so that when it came time to do the interview, he blew everyone out of the the water and he's moved up three positions since then. And now he's our operations manager for the entire organization. Wow. He was a, a prime example of somebody who they wanted it, and they cared about the organization. And now look at where they are, they've accomplished something. And I feel really good about having him here. And when he talks or, uh, in front of people or brings in clients or teaches uh, internally or anything like that, I'm proud of that. And I like that feeling. And I think that uh, if if you can have that as the end result, you know you did the right thing. You didn't promote somebody to the level of incompetence. Uh, you identified a future leader and you helped them get there. That's right.
0: Yeah. I think that's really, the one the promoting to the level of incompetence i've seen that so many times so many times oh and it's so it's it's really sad for the company and it's sad for the individual yep um the other thing is that you just pointed out is one is you had an employee one who asked i remember when i got my first supervisor position in um pest control and um one of the other employees let me know he was a little disgruntled about it. And I just asked him, I said, Well, did you tell them you were interested? He goes, Well, no. (laughs) Well, That's the difference between you and me. You may have been more qualified, but I asked, I made sure they knew that I was interested. And then the other thing with that is you, you act like you have that position before you have it, right? And you just showed that right, the guy went out and did the preliminary work to already know how to do that job before he ever had that job. Right. You know, I remember one of the things my boss used to say about me that he always impressed him at that time was whenever I would, you know, we've gone over it on the show. I won't go over it. Just the fact that I was not well trained. Um, but when I got to this company, one of the things I did with my supervisors, I whenever I called him, I already had a solution. I just wanted verification that i was on the right track because again i didn't have any training i wasn't sure nobody had actually ever told me before that Mm -hmm. this is how you handled it so i always said hey this is what the situation is this is what i'm thinking of doing this is what the label says is this correct and he would typically tell me yeah you're you got it you know do that and uh, or he might make a you know a tip here well try this first or you know whatever But the fact that I always walked in with a solution first, I didn't just ask, you know, with nothing, you know, be my God, you know, kind of thing. You know, Um, I always was thinking on my own. I think that was one of the reasons I was the one asked to do that. Because most guys that I found once I got to be a supervisor – they wanted you to tell them what rate to use. They wanted you to tell them what material to use for what pass they right. wanted. You know, they wanted you to do all their thinking for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had to learn, you know, what's the label say that was always my response, what's the label say, because I, I got tired of being their, their mind and doing their thinking, they've got to do their thinking. And yep. so I, that's one of the big things when you're looking for a leader, you know, I know I went like way overboard probably on that, but, <laughs> no, no, no. Right? Well, but, no. you know, make sure they're doing their own thinking and yeah. right? you're not having to do it for them. Exactly. You, just, you don't want that for a
2: supervisor. No. Yeah. You're absolutely no. right. And, yeah. and those people who say, here's my problem, fix it. Those are drones. That's what we call them here right. at yeah. drones. You have a remote control and you control them and then they do something that you're controlling. Yes. You have to spend all the time running the remote control to get them to accomplish the task. So, exactly. you really want drones in your organization?
0: Nope. nope.
2: You no, you don't. Want that. That's the point. No. And nope. that's one of
0: the things we're talking about this because if you implement good leadership, a lot of times you can take that drone and make them into a good employee. Right. But I think Gio's question, next question, goes right into that.
1: Yeah, that's just going to say, you know, it's, I'm not going to put it on the screen because it's got a little bit long here, but
0: so he says um, basically, um business culture would you would you hire employee who potential or prospect who's got everything you know he's got all the right credentials but doesn't fit your culture yes um my personal opinion is yeah no yeah (laughs) you're gonna regret it yeah you're just gonna regret it eventually unless you can get them to buy in eventually but it, but it's gonna be
1: hard, like I said, especially especially if you're in a position of a company, you know, I don't want to go back to that warm body thing, but I think it's gonna hurt you in the long run. If really if you have somebody in in your company that doesn't fit into your culture or whatever, that yeah, it's gonna be hard. One, you know, people are not easy to change. I mean, let's face it. And it's you don't want you don't want to bring somebody in that you really gotta mold and you gotta change and you gotta to try to bend them to your will, because that's just gonna make things just awful all the way around. And there, you know, yeah, we could we could go into that for a while, but you know, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't do that. I don't care how much credentials somebody had, and how great they were, what they did. I mean, I don't know what what's your thoughts on that, Mark? Sounds like you're kind of in agreement with. what?
2: Oh, I absolutely right. agree with you guys. Uh, I've had uh, right now we're looking for uh, a member of our human resources department, and I have had uh, counting this morning. I've had 17 interviews. Yeah, Everybody meets the minimum credentials none of them fit the culture that's that's been the deciding factor for every single one of them Um, except for one who i did make an offer to who who received a counter offer in florida and we're in new york and i can't really do anything about that but uh i mean you know it's warmer there so the uh, (laughs) the the culture is actually what has kept us uh, they sat across the desk from me we talked and i said you and i are going to be working together uh on a daily basis just like this on projects Maybe it's over Zoom because he or she may be working from home. But we're going to be working together collaboratively. And then you have to also do the same thing to work with the other people in in the leadership team here at the organization. And then you have to be able to work collaboratively with the people who are in your department, uh, up and down, and so on. And and. I just didn't think that they'd be able to do that no. um, on the other hand i would like to point out so we have had situations where we brought people in who just barely met where were just shy of the credentials we were looking for but they were they were talent and they fit the culture and we saw the potential for them to grow with us and you know what every time we bring in one of those people they stay a long time We've been in business 32 years and going on 33 years in December, and we've had uh, many people come in uh, that I've seen before I was in this role and and doing the hiring. Uh, Many people who have come in who weren't quite what we were looking for at the end of the day, uh, but they were able to grow into that role. And they were fantastic people, and and almost all of them are still here today. Um, because not only are you getting great loyalty because you're investing in the person and helping them get the career that they want. Um, but they're growing with the company and you can't put a price on that.
1: No, you can't, no. you cannot put
0: a price on that. So I
2: had a client,
0: he hired a general manager and, uh, he did not fit the company culture at all. And Foster and I saw it. I mean, immediately, immediately. Yeah. Immediately. He was gone in four months and so was half the staff. Wow. Yeah. It kind of it, it they really couldn't sad. stand him.
1: Yeah. Well, he was he was not hired as a general manager. He was actually hired as a CEO. And wow. he was given he was, was, like, was like, given carte blanche at the company and you could really see yeah. it was very, very sad because it was it, it pretty much imploded the company and it was really sad to see and it was I wasn't gonna bring it up, but <laughs> it brought it right to mind, but Kelly wanted to bring it up, but it's really wow. sad. Because there was a, it, was you know, it was a name and name, you know, and and we were working with very closely, and it was really sad to see that, you know, he had he had you know he's he's basically gone back to first base, you know, yeah. and it's just it's kind of sad because it it really it really hurt that person just did not fit the culture at all and did not fit the vision of the company at all and thought that they could come in and it was kind of kind of really too bad, you know, really really hate to see that happen
0: to Damn. a company, you know. Um, I mean, we witnessed it firsthand. It was like, yeah. wow,
1: that's just,
0: it's just an example of why, why we're saying what we're saying, yeah. you know, exactly. you gave good examples of that. This is one that we've seen happen. Um, and Foster and I have both been in situations where we were supervisors, but we didn't really have a full, full say on who was hired. And yeah. so we ended up, you know, with people all the time who didn't fit the culture Exactly, without a choice. We just yep. have to work with them and make and do the best you, you could. Yeah, that's really and, um, it's really sad. It makes for a very tough work yeah. environment.
2: Yeah. It, it does. It absolutely does. It does. Um, yeah. you, uh, Harvard Business yeah. Review, uh, if you follow them on LinkedIn, if you don't, I'm going to plug them because they post great two and three minute read articles that are very mm-hmm. helpful um, okay. or at least insightful. Uh, earlier this year, they did a top 10 list for why talent walks. Um, and I think number two or number three was a toxic culture. Yeah. Um, Number one was, uh, was competition over collaboration. And those two things kind of go hand in hand, but they're worth breaking out, I think. And I agreed with that decision when they, whoever wrote the article did that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you you don't want to have that toxic culture, that toxic work environment. You will lose everybody. Like I said, half the company was gone when that CEO went. I completely believe that. Um, My first uh, Eastern conference some years ago so i went and they um the speaker i wish i could remember his name because i should be giving him his credit told the story of a bike shop owner and his uh his close friend uh knew everything about bikes and he so the owner decided i'm gonna i'm gonna hire him he's gonna be our subject matter expert essentially um and then he hired a bunch of salespeople and and support staff and the company grew over time uh but the close friend who knew everything about bikes was unprofessional. He created a, a toxic work environment, and people didn't like him. There was high turnover, and that person was cited as one of the reasons uh, a lot. But he knew more than anybody else, technically speaking, uh, about bicycles. So what happened? Uh, enough was enough. Eventually, the owner decided, I have to let him go. You know, friend or not, I let him go. By the end of that year, their sales were up twenty percent, and they didn't need the expertise that that person brought in because. Yeah, they culture and everybody was being more positive and more productive and they ended up doing better as a result for years to come
0: yeah, yeah. you can hire knowledge you can buy knowledge from any number of sources you cannot hire or it's much har- harder to get culture yeah and it's much more important
1: Yeah, That's
0: right. Exactly. right. exactly exactly yeah. yeah so Thank cool now, this, this has
1: been some some really good information we've had here today you know, do you have, uh, you know, kind of in closing, kind of wrapping this up here, um, do you have any resources for everyone out there as far as, you know, learning more about leadership that you would really recommend?
2: Um, I, I could make a couple of recommendations, but I'd like to point out just for just, I know we're, we're wrapping up, but I just want to make a, a, a an important point. I feel yep. that um, one specific style of leadership is not necessarily the silver bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can subscribe to one and say, this is what I'm going to do. But at the end of the day, you're only gonna do it 99% of the time. Um, Your organization is going to grow and change, evolve. Your workforce is going to change, the environment in which you operate is going to change. Um, And even the people within your organization, uh, your IT guy is probably going to need a different leadership style than your chief sales guy, something different from your brand new technician. Um, You can't assume you're gonna be able to lead everybody the same way. And so I feel that you really need to understand more than one mode of leadership uh, or, or at least understand uh, parts uh, of different modes of leadership that might work for you or that you can identify with and then make it your own. I said in the beginning that there's 65 um, recognized styles of leadership. That's an academic standpoint. That's for people who are studying it and then going to teach it. Yeah. Um, I only know that because there, once upon a time I was getting a doctorate in organizational leadership, I put it on hold so I could spend more time with my growing family. But that was one of the first things that I taught us was you have to learn all 65 of these things. In reality, maybe one of them would ever be relevant to me as a leader in an organization. Yeah, so you have to find what works for you. So I'm not going to say you should read this book or you should go to this website or you should use this tool because I personally and this is just my opinion, I don't think that that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, you need to hybridize a bunch of different approaches and get educated on what the, all those approaches are and and make them your own and then the the Cully leadership is going to work for him, the foster leadership is going to work for you, the mark leadership is going to work for me, etc. Yeah. Um
0: totally so, agree with you, Mark. Totally yeah, 100% on that. Agree 100%. Yeah hundred percent
2: you you can you can say that you prescribe to one just to give people an idea of what it is that um you stand for if they're familiar with it like servant leadership or steward leadership like we discussed earlier um, especially if it has some kind of recognition. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really about what you do. And then the culture discussion really ties into the leadership because the leader is the one who's curating that culture. Yep. Uh, so, all of that, that's all still relevant. We didn't go off on a tangent uh, you know, in any true sense. No. But what I can say is uh, so, NPMA has a couple of really good resources that you could use uh, the Mentor Match Program, uh, sponsored by Link. Um, uh, you can get leadership or you can ask for organizational management and they'll hook you up with somebody who's qualified to help you with that. And they're essentially a coach. And I would recommend that as a okay. uh, uh, way, way before I would recommend going for a specific book uh, or video to watch. Um, uh, also along those same lines, there's the executive leadership program. If you want to apply for that for, through NPMA, um, I, I did that. I was uh, class number two and it was wonderful for me. If nothing else, I got a great, um, plethora of resources to refer back to on the subject of leadership, um, and some great networking opportunities where I could go and, and get more mentors for myself as I progressed. And actually uh, two of the people I hooked up with through that program uh, in a mentorship capacity still mentor me today. And it's been a couple of years since I graduated. Um, And then as far as things that you can do on your own, uh, go ahead and do your own research on leadership. Go to Google, put in leadership, then put and, and then put in what you wanna know about. And I promise you will find some results that are going to pertain to what you're looking for. And you'll probably lead you down a rabbit hole. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, yeah, probably If I
2: say you need to go find uh, Peter Nordhaus or Richard Clausen, or even um, one of one of the great self-help people uh, like John C. Maxwell or any of those guys, I'm looking at my bookshelf so I can remember everybody's names. Um, it, it, it may not be, uh, worth it to you because none of what they say may resonate with you. And then you, you can't really live it if it doesn't resonate with you. So yeah. go ahead and go jump down the rabbit hole and be Alice and, and get stuck in, in wonderland, <laughs> and learn all about the things that are relevant to you and then take all of that and make it your own.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's good. I, I really appreciate that. And really appreciate your insights on this. I think this has been some good stuff on leadership. Um, you it sounded like you were going to say something there.
0: Well, I just really, uh, agree with what Mark was getting at. I don't think you know like I'm avid John Maxwell fan, but I don't think that you're helping yourself by locking into one person because, yeah. um, uh, it, you know, you just you need perspective. I mean, if you pay attention to Maxwell, he he listens to all kinds of people. He yeah. reads books from various authors. He don't lock himself into one thing. No. And um, I think that's the same as what we should be doing. The Mm -hmm. other thing I think that's super important if you want to develop a leadership mindset, you need to be doing that daily. Yep. 15 to 20 minutes reading, podcasts, whatever it is. You need to be exposing your brain to that positive leadership mentality every single day. Exactly. Association is what changes us. Whatever we associate with, that's what we're going to be like. Mm-hmm. So make the decision to every day expose yourself to whatever it is you want to be like. You yeah. know, because um, if you don't, you're we just human nature is to fall apart. That, yep. That's the law of entropy, folks. Yep, it is. is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So excellent. Well, great. Well, this has been, this has been some great stuff, Mark. I certainly do appreciate you coming on here and coming on this show
2: today with us. It's been a blast. I've enjoyed having a great conversation.
1: Yeah, no, really, really good conversation and everything. And um, yeah, and I want to, I want to bring this up. I thought this was just to kind of enclose here, I'm going to bring this up on the screen. I thought this was pretty good because this really kind of pertains to everything we were talking about here. As far as this quote here by this, this gentleman Shep, um, uh hi ken here i like that he was the chief amazement officer of shepherd presentations i kind of like that but you know if we consistently exceed the expectations of our employees they will consistently exceed the expectations of our customers and i think that's kind of real important as far as kind of just goes along with everything we were talking today so Mm -hmm. you do that your company is going to grow you're going to be successful that's what we're all about that's that's the information that we are trying to bring to everyone today is that everyone realized You need to, we all need to grow and there's certain ways we need to do it. And you need to be a good leader in order to do that. So that's pretty much all I got. You got anything else, Cully?
0: No, I just completely agree with that. Cool. Um, you yeah. know, you take care of your employees. Your employees will take care of your customers. Exactly. We'll be taken care of, yep. and, you know, consequently.
1: Yep. So cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate, yeah, Mark. It, uh, appreciate your time today and I'm sure we will, we will be in
2: touch. That sounds great. Thank you again, guys. It's been a blast. Uh, Hopefully we can do it again someday, or if not, I look forward to connecting with you guys and uh, talking more about leadership in the future.
1: Yes, definitely. We'd love to bring you back on. Definitely.
2: Thank you for listening to the Pest Posse
0: Stampede Podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast and the Pest Posse on Facebook and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out the Pest Posse weekly series on YouTube. Until next time, remember, pest control is an adventure, so get out there and enjoy the adventure with the Pest Posse.